Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode 5, Rampage. This review is meant to be spoiler-free, so join us after you've watched the episode. So if you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around. In this episode, the Batch becomes focused on finding out more information about the bounty hunter on their tail. Echo has a lead on an old Jedi informant named Sid, but when the Batch meets her on Ord Mantell, they get a lot more than they bargained for. Sid agrees to find out about their bounty hunter in exchange for a favor. Things on the Batch's first merc job go sideways when they are captured, and their target turns out to be a captive Rancor, not a child like they had believed. Though successful, the Batch struggles between their identity as soldiers and their new role as mercenaries for hire. Let's jump into what we see the A, B, and P. <laughs> a, B, and then the jumping down to <laughs> P. <laughs> it's like that kind of meme format where it's like we're on plan E. It's like what happened to like plans A through, yeah. through D or whatever. And it's just like <laughs> they didn't work. In plan A, you die. <laughs> okay, what I meant to say was. Let's jump into how we see plot, A plot, B plot, and C plot Hell working yeah. in this episode. Um, truly, again, it's mostly A plot. Uh, we see the badge making their way through the galaxy this time. They're having to drop this identity of a soldier uh, and, and sort of... I want to I want to clarify that, like, I think their soldier identity comes with, like, the idea that, like, we are working for a cause. Like, yeah. They don't feel that they are just cogs in a machine. They feel like they are working for this. This is their cause. There's like cause. A, a morally, presumably morally upright. Exactly. Situation, um, yeah. And they're having to like take that off and essentially do things only for money, which I think is a very foreign concept yeah. to them. So. But it's like, well, this is what we need to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, we don't see any of B-plot. Crosshair is not involved in this episode yeah, at all. And then like kind of no seep. Plot. A little bit new C plot. Um, we do find out more about Fennec, um, but it's still very loose as far as its uh, connection to the C plot. Yeah, I guess there is some talk of the Greater Empire. Yeah, we get a little more characters. Out. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot more of the same that we've been seeing. Um, not saying that that's like a a bad thing, a bad thing, or, or boring or anything. I think it's very good. Yeah, it is. Just I was thinking consistent. about this to uh is i really like in the back of my head remember us seeing crosshair more at the beginning of these episodes like the beginning half of the season because we're this is five and mm -hmm. i think the season is 14 it's episodes. 16 episodes well hot damn uh so we're like a third of the way through this right to be fair i think the last time we saw him which was in replacements episode three i think yeah. um there was quite a lot of him there and, was and i think there is obviously a utility in keeping him quite hidden Absolutely. he's mysterious we don't know you when know. he's gonna pop up again my favorite thing to say ever designed by omission mm -hmm. um it, it's just it's wild because they are, they do keep so much secret mm -hmm. um and we get these like very important bits and pieces which obviously we don't see in this episode pretty much at all mm -hmm. um and instead we just get i don't know i <laughs> i like this episode not necessarily better than the last episode but it is um 
I like that it's a continuation in a way. Like mm-hmm. last week's episode, and we talked about this sort of ad nauseum, but like it, it could seem like filler mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know it's so it's nice with the addition of this episode that we understand that it's not filler you know this uh, bounty hunter plot continues mm-hmm. and this plot of like oh shit we don't have any money continues <laughs> no we we get to see like episode four in hindsight now it, oh it's a very much a setup episode yeah. um and here's the rest of it and we get introduced to a cool fun side character that comes in um i mean i guess she is a side character but i she's a pretty big uh, part of yeah the way that the bash continues to do their work with that let's jump into story beats here um we once again be- begin on the marauder <laughs> i y- yep i forgot how many times we do this i think it's pretty much every episode i think it probably I mean, is which makes sense functionally it's- their home base exactly right? it's like, where they sleep and eat and, and hang out and, and talk about shit so they didn't, i don't know if this was like a a design uh, that they just didn't um think about but they do not have a like a bathroom on that thing. oh and the amount of fan fiction i read who are like they have a in star wars called a fresher mm-hmm. the restroom mm-hmm. um on board i'm, like, I'm assuming that's like a where? it's like a it, airplane bathroom <laughs> yeah but i mean like probably includes if it's gonna be that it probably includes like a shower thing of right there's probably like a sink toilet and then like the whole like, room is the shower yeah, I was like say, on rvs yeah or like i almost said european bathrooms i don't even think that's correct <laughs> it's all, definitely yep, not no, correct no, all european bathrooms include showers <laughs> no i'm definitely thinking of some like small space place where like you would have not necessarily like we have like a dedicated shower booth or something it would yeah. just be like a shower head on a wall and, like, yeah, and everything else is tiled and there's it, everything drain. else is yeah waterproof what an interesting time you get to do so much in that situation i mean i guess it makes sense yeah um but yeah they don't schematics wise have, have a toilet. I, I know why because it's just so not important for like the storytelling but no, i think it's but i love when they include stuff like that like they the only time that i've seen it is in mandalorian on his yeah he is a, on his ship he has a he is just a toilet though there's no like concern he's uh, like effectively a porta potty on his ship and I, you know what else i love about that is that it's an all species toilet it's like, like angle it's got a like i'm assuming it has weird attachments or maybe it's just like i don't know it's just a big hole most of you can probably do it in the big hole y'all can do it in the big <laughs> hole in the back of this ship anyway thanks for joining star wars bathroom talk <laughs> i mean like again i love stupid shit in star wars like wikipedia has been like my first bookmark on my browser since high school um because you can just find like you know that paper is called flimsy plast or yeah. whatever flimsy it's a like, good time coffee is calf like it's just dumb shit i love that it's very fun anyway um so we begin on the marauder <laughs> wow why we're so derailed suddenly i love that this episode starts so quickly with omega just being like oh my own comm device like yeah. like text setting up for her it's very cute um and then of course we learned that it was crosshairs um that's like i think the only mention of the entire episode we do not ever mention him again um no (laughs) which is fine yeah i do like that they uh, they essentially cut on action right they're just jumping right into Mm -hmm. it um and it cuts pretty quickly to hunter being like um we're going to ord mantel we got to track down like this bounty hunter and see what what's going on i i love that he i feel like it would be really easy for him to just like oh whatever we'll just like continue to lay low now that we have a lot of people after us i guess honestly like i assumed i forgot that point of this episode and Mm -hmm. sort of the continuing storyline is that like i assumed that they just kind of were like oh that's not great that there's a bounty hunter after omega like i guess we still have to go about our business though like we need to find a a job a place to be employed right and they 
come across this contact right yeah but but it is that they're like we're going to ord mentel because we have a contact there theoretically who yeah. could help us find out what's going on yeah um and they do they do kind of, yeah exactly i thought that they what drove them to ord mentel in the first place was having to find a place to make money right the that's a not plot. even like yeah i mean that's kind of on their radar but they're like first and foremost we have to get this back yeah here. it's almost like convenient that mm-hmm. what ends up happening is what happens they right? end up having get, finding a way to make, make money, money consistently and like, also get their answers for it's kind of just tossed to them in a way which yeah. is uh, but it feels organic anyway we're not even there yet but <laughs> anyway that's what's happening so on uh word mantel i also really love this little scene before they get into Sid's bar where um, they're like, what are the safety rules? And Omega's like, trust no one, but that's not part of my squad. And if I get caught, uh, go calm yeah, for help. Yeah. And give my location. I love that. Like keep my eyes and ears on my surroundings. Like that's such mm-hmm. like, that feels so much like Hunter and Echo sat her down and they're like, these are the three things that you need to remember. And she's do like, you, okay, I'm going to take this very seriously. Do you think do you think Hunter and Echo had like a parent meeting? They did, they're for like, sure. Hunter's like, Echo, come here. He's like, we need to come up with some ground rules for Omega because she's like, we can't just keep her on the ship. And, and like, you know, she can't just stay here. So and so they're like, okay, okay. Uh, what about keep your eyes and ears on your surroundings? <laughs> Trust nobody but my squad. Oh, that's great. That's, oh, that's great. great. He's like writing it down. I love I love that there's there's so mom and dad in this episode to me. They are. Um, they have a great dynamic of like I mean they're both responsible but Hunter is like a lot more wily than Echo is and Echo is like Echo will keep you safe. <laughs> Echo has like these very almost ineffable like feminine qualities about him that I soft absolutely boy. love. I love my soft boy. The 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 depth that we get in each of these characters is so good and yeah. I mean, obviously including Echo but um so they get their little she gets her little soldier safety training as they're walking into this like grody ass bar yeah again i love we get another bigger city it seems like and it's nasty and that Mm -hmm. is like my favorite i i so do appreciate (laughs) the environment is nasty (laughs) nasty city i so do appreciate that uh all of the cities because they've been to like a few town cities like obviously pantora they were on i don't know what city they were in but um it, it looks different yeah like they, they look do. very different yeah um, i really appreciate it's that. so good um so they go into sid's bar the batch looks obviously j- right past sid because <laughs> they're big beautiful dimbos i love this scene so much this is a good scene I, I do appreciate the the dialogue a lot in this i love how far they draw the like hunter and echo and the rest of them just like uh, being like well what are we gonna do now we maybe like sid's probably gone because they were a jedi contact and like you know the jedi are all dead now and what are we going to do now and like all this stuff and i love and- that they're like are you sure echo that your information was right he's like yeah this is the only one i knew about and it was here for sure and omega very sweetly is just like as soon as they get in there she just like goes to a, a game table i think and just starts pressing buttons like she's such a kid in this episode yeah. in such a, a good sweet way um and of course she's like i found her this is sid yeah <laughs> i love that like we don't even see like her pondering her like looking around and identifying the three characters in this bar two of which are like having a brawl who are clearly not the the, yeah the person they're looking for um or yeah um you know and that like i like that she just immediately knows like it immediately clicks for her she's like oh you're sid and sid's like oh yeah you're smarter than the rest of your little your little friends yeah (laughs) i love that 
shot where like Sid is sitting at the bar just like listening to them and it zooms out on Omega's just like doing that such a such kid thing the where point. she's just like <laughs> standing there staring yep and like you know the wheels in her head are turning and as soon as she figures it out like in two seconds she's like you're Sid and she's like oh you're smarter than I thought you yeah, were yeah there's something really uncanny about seeing like a child staring, <laughs> staring. like almost like a posing and staring and you're just like that kid knows something and she does, and it's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> She's so sweet. She is. Um, and I love the uh, when she turns around to the boys, and she's like, I found Sid, and just does the point. point like, up. I love the point. Yeah. I love that shot a lot, and Sid's just like... I think at that point, Sid was just like, you got me. Yeah. I'm yours forever. <laughs> I'm your... Can you be my little kids now? I'm, gonna I'm pre- your aunt. I'm going <laughs> to pretend to not care that much about you, but I care so much about all of you right now. You're great. You guys are stupid. She's so sweet and, and cute and smart. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, so obviously that's Sid. Um, when they go into Sid's back room, they have like a little bit of a chat about the Empire and um, whatnot. That's like one of the only times that we hear. It's it's pretty minimal, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it's good for context. Especially since last episode, we we got um, a little more. We got to see uh, Rampart again with his hollow Yeah, message. and like people mm-hmm. reacting to that. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it is nice that we get, like I said, context in a lot of these different settings for like how people are reacting to that. And mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, you know, I, I think Sid says like, you know, the empire you know, the republic turning over into the empire has not like been great for her business yeah we get to see sort of the um other side of of the republic failing um yeah and, and that who else that upsets right i mean yeah. not that um sid is doing everything above board but no but I, I do like that it's essentially we're creating these gray areas and these yeah. facets into you know characters and in, in life in this world right obviously the republic uh, falling was a huge thing that happened and it's affecting everything yeah you know it is nice like sorry to derail like i don't think we really we talk about this a lot where it's like i don't think we've seen this in star wars before this particular thing in star wars before i think i don't remember the previous episode the episode before we were talking about like seeing rampart in a way we're like you know uh this is a new sort of face of the empire we've never seen before i do really like seeing sid who's like not necessarily like a moral person but she's Mm -hmm. not like a horrible person right Mm -hmm. she's a a sick-ass business person like you know and she has shit to do and like i i I like being able to see like this huge political upheaval from her perspective exactly and just being like oh like this also affects you in a Mm -hmm. really interesting way where like with the republic you are able to like you know creep by and do the business that you want to do and the empire is taking over and it's fucking things up like it's it's just like i don't know further characterizing and coloring like this world that we know so much about already in a subtle way (laughs) way, but it's it's a way that we see nonetheless um i took note of this line that tech has when um sid is talking to them he said i never had she says i never had clone deserters come to me before uh and tech immediately jumps on it and says yes well we separated due to a fundamental difference in ideology um and i think that sets up the sort of like main plot of this episode or like the main character development batch development of this episode which is they are they're basically cementing that they are not soldiers for a cause anymore they are doing this for money which i think is just a very odd concept to all of them yeah especially echo he's he continues to be the voice of ethics (laughs) yeah in this i mean yeah it's interesting that like essentially their fundamental difference in ideology is that the empire wanted to continue to like I don't know, I guess be a government, take things over and be, you know, it's the empire. And they're like, well, we don't want to be a part of that. And also we're going to 
we have to drop our soldier identity in order to do that. Yeah, it echoes what he says in the first episode when they're discussing what's going on with everything. And um, he says something to the effect of, uh, I have a big problem with them just systematically taking out the Jedi. Yeah. Like, that's a problem I have yeah. with what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. So immediately the Batch is like, we needed to get a hold of you because we need to figure out who this bounty hunter is. Um, and of course, Sid is immediately like, can you can you do a job for me yeah i like that she introduces them to this concept kind of like what we saw in the last episode with um landing doc man my beloved um (laughs) where it's this sort of like rapport that people have where it's like you do something for me i do something for you like this is how it works here if you want money you have to do something for me exactly it's a trading Um, favors the uh yeah the the they're not oblivious in this, but they're just sort of like so. You can just tell they're so not attuned to doing business like this. Yeah, like, they're they're just little babies in the in the realm of dirty business. And she does sort of treat them like little babies, <laughs> which I do think is very funny. It is very funny. Um, but you know, she obviously offers them a job. Um, I don't remember if she says actually says rescuing a kid named Moochie, or she says she rescuing does. She says a kid. I believe a a kid. That's why they think it's that yeah, exactly. kid. Yeah um which i guess technically the rancor could be a child it is an adolescent oh that's right tech does say adolescent um but yeah so she (laughs) i like to think she misleads them purposely uh, yeah to see if they're made of uh, tougher stuff than they seem to be at the moment fuck with them a little bit (laughs) but like in the utility of that being like okay let's see if you can handle yourself figure out yeah yeah yeah. suss out if these are good boys to keep on your payroll exactly Uh, she's sly um and i love her for it (laughs) (laughs) Sid's a great character I I love her a lot Um, so obviously they they do this job for her she can get them the information uh, they need about this bounty hunter Um, so the batch sort of begins their mercenary identity here no yeah I think that's what struck me is um, when she when she says she calls them mercenaries and then echoes like mercenaries like he's like what are you talking about like yeah to them it it doesn't even occur it doesn't occur to them that like that's of course that's what they're doing i mean like they're not setting out to be mercenaries but like no they're just like happening i mean again they're very pragmatic Mm -hmm. they're very pragmatic in you know their i don't know choices what they're trying to do so they're like hey we need to find a bounty hunter and if this is what we have to do to do it then fine and Mm -hmm. she's like great you're mercenaries now and they're like oh excuse me yeah we are not (laughs) But yeah, I do really like uh, that part where mm-hmm. she says that. And then Echo is like, oh my God, no. What? I, I <laughs> love the consistency of his character because he is the one who is consistently, um, he's the first one to take issue with like the concept of an empire. He's the one uh, who is like, we're not mercenaries or soldiers. Like he's just so blindsided by that. Um, he's strangely rigid. I mean, like not strangely, he is understandably rigid in in that belief but it is it's really sweet to see that he still holds on to that and like it it does embody that but not in like a bad way like in a in a i don't know a way that informs his character a lot doesn't he get his name because he's constantly echoing yeah correct the reg manual yeah um no you're correct that um what did your sleuthing uncover that he is given the nickname echo um because he he has a compulsion to repeat orders to his teammates um, but also, I guess it doesn't say, but it just says that he's an, <laughs> they called him a know-it-all and that he is, um, is a by the book stickler for the rules, 
Which I love the idea of that of him in his previous life as a stickler for the rules. I mean, he still is, but like joining this sort yeah. of fucked up <laughs> batch. I love that he were like, we don't follow orders. Yeah, he's like at the end of you know whatever is the Clone Wars season seven episode where he's mm-hmm. like, I can't belong anywhere else, Rex. Like I'm gonna go with them because like I've suffered a lot and I don't want to be here anymore. He's like, I feel I feel different. Yeah, I feel now. sort of uh, like I wouldn't belong here anymore mm-hmm. right and then he's like so i'm gonna go with the guys who we share very different ideas on how things should be done <laughs> i imagine like the first day he was with them they're like we don't really follow the rules and he's just like, like oh my oh god my oh my god, god. <laughs> they sit him down they're like so echo glad you're here um rules we don't like them and he's like huh. he's like rules are my friends but i love rules we're your friends now echo <laughs> <laughs> you throw away the manual he's like i would never <laughs> Um, anyway, I believe we were talking about... Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I believe we were talking about, um, Echo being just, like, the con... He's just a... He's such a constant, and he's a constant voice of morality, and... I guess reason? Yeah. He he is a constant voice of morality and reason. Um, I do do think he gets really, um, contrasted with tech a lot. Not in a a bad way or opposite way, but, like, they do kind of complement each other. Because I... (laughs) Yeah, they have this conversation after Sid gives him this job in the Marauder. So they're going to the other side of Org Mental. Oh, yes. And um, Omega, they're, they're talking about the Zagirian slave traders. And Omega's like, what's a slave trader? <laughs> I love that Which, so If much. a child asked me that, I truly don't know how I would respond. Echo really handles it well. He's a good mom. <laughs> he is. I would be like, woof. I don't want to talk about this. Do like, you know what Google is? <laughs> hey do you know what star wars google is do you know what wikipedia <laughs> and then i turned up to be like do we have safe search on <laughs> please tell me we please have tell me we have a safe on. search on um no yeah he, he handles it like a champ um <laughs> <laughs> um i love your note of omega learns what a slave trader is yay, yay education, education. <laughs> yeah i think that also is just like um she she's in a very interesting place in this episode because she's very characterized as like um, a child having a good time, and then she's also learning these very heavy things that yeah sometimes people sell other people for money yeah um, I, but I love that immediately her response is like that doesn't seem right and he's like it's, like, it's not it's not right yeah, yeah of course like she she knows though unabashedly she, she right knows, like she's yeah. just like this is the way that things should be and mm-hmm. like yeah. I, I am a smart intelligent person <laughs> yeah um. We also see on this part that Wrecker's uh, constant oh, yeah. hitting of his head is becoming a problem. He yeah. He's just kind of um, in pain, you can tell. I think Hunter's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. And then the moment passes. But I, I do love that we get, again, a little bit of a... It, it's weird that this one's kind of a, a breadcrumb, but it feels a, a little tiny bit more like payoff because we're getting to see that like all those things actually have are going to lead to something mm-hmm. instead of it just being kind of like a random quirk that he has that yeah. he hits his head on things i think we were talking about this last episode but he's like yeah it's more than just like he's the guy who hits his head on shit yeah oh yeah we were talking about this last episode um <laughs> he's the kid who always gets the concussions yeah uh, i i do also like as a very quick note i i like that we are almost like creating stakes with that even Mm -hmm. just a little bit that like you know people can get hurt um i mean we've kind of seen that in past episodes but it it does feel like it's giving a little bit more life to this story has a little bit more legs and it's Mm -hmm. a little bit less in a really wild way it's a little bit more grounded in reality Mm -hmm. um than clone wars which was super fantastical right Mm -hmm. i feel like there wasn't a lot of i don't know 
It, it I, felt I, cool. I, I explain this. Fe- no, I, I get what you're saying. It felt a little more like the characters were invincible in, yeah, in a way. Exactly. I mean, I they, would... they were supposed to be, right? They're heroes. Yeah, they're heroes. They're also Jedi. Yeah. Um, not that the Batch is incapable or anything, but um, obviously they they're don't human. have telekinetic powers. Yeah. They're just um, people. I mean, they mm-hmm. might be, you know, big and smart and have good eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Wrecker's big, tech smart. Echo can uh, hack into things with his arm. And um, Hunter, there's Hunter. <laughs> Hunter is so good at hearing and seeing and smelling and oh, tasting. You, you give him some dirt, he can he, tell you anything you want to know. He can tell know. you when that dirt was born. Um, <laughs> um yeah oh we also have this conversation uh w- it's with the conversation with echo um and omega when she learns about being, what Slaves. slave traders are yeah. um but she's like we should stop it or something she says something like that and uh echo's like that's exactly what we're gonna do like or we're gonna rescue Muchi and um and then tech chimes in with the like and also we're gonna get paid pretty good and like <laughs> i i understand like he doesn't I think it could easily be read as like he doesn't care about stopping it. It's to him. I think it's like and we're doing bonus. two great things. Yeah. We're getting paid, I do, and also I do like his uh, sort of uh, ability. He likes to interject into things. I he like does. That he sort of likes to add information. We I love that he's like icing on the cake. We're getting paid. Yeah, we see a lot more characterization of tech in this episode, and I really it's just fun yeah. to see. It's I, I like him a lot, and it does follow that rule of a lot with a little, mm-hmm. which is you know um anyway that was touching on his sort of how echo is often contrasted with with tech <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah this is the thing i said earlier i guess yeah um, and it's a great thing that you said earlier <laughs> okay yeah we're on the other side of ward mentel the batch is scoping out the situation they see one kid um and they assume that that is moochie uh, they, which yeah, is a valid assumption that they, that, that they were a child and that's it yes um and i like i again I, I mentioned this when we were watching the episode but tech wrecker and omega are all looking at this <laughs> with their uh scopes yeah they're, um, they're binoculars, they're binoculars. <laughs> um and i love that uh hunter and echo are just standing sitting there like you know hunter gave uh omega, omega his his, his yeah. binoculars yeah and i love that he's kneeling next to mm-hmm. her like he's supervising it's just like such those a two are, are supervising yeah. their children yeah <laughs> they're so good um and I, and this time hunter's like omega you you go hang out on the ship i i that's an order like this is your job today yeah. i'm not i've let you yeah you've had enough sort of leeway at this point this is like getting a little serious we're dealing with slavers here this is not uh this is not a time for you to be running about um little does he know <laughs> yeah i love that pretty much always he's like omega stay on the ship or like omega do this and it does turn out the exact opposite which is great it brings a sort of fun comedic flair to this show speaking of comedic moments um i love that right here we get a cut back to sid in her office and she's being contacted by her client and she's like don't worry about it i have my best people on it and then you cut (laughs) back and they're like captured by the zygerian uh, slavers I love, I love Sid being like, I got my best guys on it. Are these your only guys, Sid? Previously, I don't think she had any guys yeah, on it. My best guys. Yeah. These guys I just met. <laughs> um, yeah, so they do get ambushed by the big um, lizard creature, was called, which is called a Brezak or Brezak. I think it's Brezak. I don't, um, I don't know. We cut back to the Marauder, and um, I, I love, too, that Omega's decorating her little Stormtrooper doll that she yeah. <laughs> She effectively stole. Um, I was thinking about that too. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's from this last episode and they did not pay for it, but yeah. that guy did not care. Yeah. He got ripped off a lot. <laughs> he did. Um, 
yeah so she's you know decorating her stormtrooper uh to look more like the batch uh, i love that she she calls it a she too like mm-hmm. it's very much like oh this is omega's little like yeah. version of herself her right? little proxy yeah um and then of course the zygerians show up and she uh i didn't know you could escape from the gunner station but apparently you can because she does slip out the bottom of the gunner station there, i guess there's a hatch I, I guess so um and she of course becomes sort of the uh only hope of the badges they are <laughs> currently captured honestly and, i think that's a, a pretty regular oh for sure occurrence <laughs> um yeah, I, I do love this part, too, that when they're arguing about how to get out of this thing, because they're like, we have to contact Omega, obviously, yep. and they're like, how are we going to get there? We have electroshock collars on us, yeah, and, and also our, we're our helmets are over there. Our, all our <laughs> gear is over there. Um, <laughs> and I love Tech looking up and seeing her, and he's just like, well, we're not going to have to contact her. She's right there. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, God. I also really like the argument between him and Wrecker, where hunter's like what are our odds out of this tech like give me something and he's just like i don't know and Rickers just like i thought you were smart and he's just like i don't know we've never been captured by slavers before i love that he's like we've never tried to get a child back from slavers and we've never been captured by slavers before i have like nothing to go he's on. like i have no metric here I, I don't know i don't know i love that he doesn't try to assume the numbers are similar to a similar situation i guess they've never been in something even remotely similar to this situation likely they have never been captured in this manner before Again, I, i'm assuming it feels like that like has happened in clone wars right with like jedi that seems like such a jedi thing i mean mm-hmm. mostly because we've seen zygerians before which mm-hmm. i can touch on good um, episodes of clone wars yes, by the way uh, uh i yeah uh, angsty me, as hell let me finish this thought. sorry no it's okay i was like <laughs> i'm gonna derail myself um and what's cool is I actually don't remember what I was saying. Oh, no. they've never, that sort of plot line getting captured or trying to, you know, is not something the Batch has ever been, you know, introduced to, not even remotely. It seems so much like something that um, Jedi would be involved in. It's yeah. one of those ridiculous schemes, right? It feels a very main character. It does. So I like that. It's kind of one of those background things again, where it's like, we've never been in this situation before. Yeah. We're soldiers. Like we do wild things, but we're soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, again, this episode very is leaning very hard on, on the soldier identity so that the the taking up of the mercenary identity yeah, um, is a, mo- a lot more poignant. They're very lost. Yeah, they are lost. Um, do, do you want me to go into Zygerian stuff? Sure. Okay. I, I mean, I always like talking about this episode. So Yeah, yeah. So we've seen Zygerian slave traders before, right? In Clone Wars, which is, I believe, a two or three part arc uh, starting with Slaves of the Republic um i think it actually might be two episodes mm. i think it might be three i think I, it's three great news i can check um it's not important it's I, they're great episodes. episodes but right so zygerian slave traders have have as part of a separatist plot uh taken a bunch of Tagruda mm-hmm. uh and are you know putting them in slavery it is an undercover mission um with anakin and ahsoka and then obi-wan is also trying to like it's so wild well he's the damsel in distress yeah he's the damsel in distress but also it's god those episodes are really i love in the first episode when they're like trying to figure out where (laughs) also rex is there i just remembered uh when they're trying to figure out where all the Tegruta people went and there's like bombs everywhere in the city and they're like okay we want you go up there and distract him to hear the negotiator and he goes up there and like absolutely gets his ass handed to him yeah i love that he's like we can negotiate and then he gets into (laughs) a fight and he gets his ass handed to him i mean he purposefully gets his (laughs) ass handed to him because he's just just, like like, trying to extremely funny he's trying to buy time but i'm just like oh i love the way that they animate his hair falling out of place it's just oh it's so good it's like season three or four right yeah 
Good show. Great show. Great show. So we've seen Seagarians before, and they have been characterized as it's shitty, really bad. Yep. So this um, is. Um, so it's no surprise when the leader of the, this is specific Zygerian slaver gang. cell. I guess uh, comes down from his tower and is like taunting the uh, the batch, and they're yeah. trying to keep him distracted from Omega uh, climbing about. Um, and he he kind of goes on this little like villain monologue. I, I love that we hear it in the background. We do hear it in the background again. I, they they do this really well, where they just put in these little moments. And if you're listening, they're there, or you're watching, they're there in the background. But um, yeah, he's talking about how great like Zagirians will be now under the uh empire and they can return to Kadavo and continue their slave empire because yeah. I-, I think also uh, echo says this earlier in the episode to this guy maybe it's right here <laughs> but he's like um you know the republic outlawed slavery yeah, like exactly. you can't be doing this and it's just very he's just like hey the empire doesn't have rules against that <laughs> yes so he's going on his villain monologue which turns out to be his downfall because during that time omega discovers a trapped rancor and releases it causing havoc yeah her her plan essentially is i don't know how to get them out of this but i did find this big animal yeah and and in the meantime she does get captured by like one of these guys yeah but just in the nick of time the rancor escapes just and bus out yeah i love ha- i love i'm said hawk garrett hawk <laughs> no from dragon age <laughs> wrong ip um i love tech's line of like well an adolescent rancor rampaging <laughs> was not really the distraction that i was thinking but it does work yeah <laughs> we do get they're just great lines in this episode like yeah again i feel like going into this episode i assumed it would be a lot more filler than it was I think it feels less filler maybe than last episode is because we get a lot more of tech and um, wrecker. We have also like some, it feels like additional progress in a plot line. It's not as set up. They're not setting anything up. We're paying off the, who is this bounty hunter? We're paying off um, very quickly them character doing this mission for uh, Sid. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does, I think it's nice to be like, oh, this is a continuation of the last episode mm-hmm. we've seen. I feel like I've, you know, we have built to something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, added bonus, we get all these fun little character interactions that help us build the idea of yeah. the batch. Um, yeah, so they're, they escape with this um, distraction of the Rancor. And they also discover that the child is not Moochie. It is indeed the Rancor. <laughs> yeah, the like imprisoned child that's I, there. I love these people who I... Are they called Feline? Feline, Feline people. I, I don't know that we've ever seen them in, in other things before. Specifically, they're somewhere. I don't remember if they're like ever background in like an animated show, but I just like this. Uh, they're talking to the falling child or failing child, um, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we're 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 here to rescue you, Moochie." And uh, the dad is like, "This isn't Moochie. That's Moochie." <laughs> points points at rancor currently running away yeah i do really like that uh these uh captured folks do know yeah that the that the rancor has a name and it's moochie yeah Uh, it's kind of unexplained why but it it doesn't really matter um yeah it's fall falling falling two l's two e's okay um yeah so they're like well we're i think echo and omega go to get the these captives to safety and hunter tech and wrecker go to retrieve moochie 
um which this sort of kicks off this whole like uh kind of an action scene yeah the, the uh, classic at this point back half of this episode being sort of action related yeah which is quite fun i mean it's a it's not a it's not boring in any way because i think it gets to jump between different places there's a one part when um basically the rancor and the brazak uh get Are into a, a fight and then simultaneously hunter and the zygarian leader get into a fight i love that part when the zygarian leader is has his whip mm-hmm. and hunter just has this little knife <laughs> I mean, again, when we were watching the episode, my question was like, why does he not pull a gun on this guy and just shoot him? I don't, I, I mean, I guess other than that, just like, that's really not Hunter's style. Yeah, he's a knife boy, but it's just like, it's so funny to me that he's like, this guy has a whip and like, I'm just going to go at him with a knife. I'm assuming because his senses are heightened enough that like, he is equally as lethal with a knife sure. as, as he would be. Like, he's not, um he's not crosshair, right? He doesn't have the aiming capabilities i suppose that crosshair has or the or the reaction uh, with a gun sort of yeah that a crosshair would have so uh, they kind of had to differentiate them a little bit otherwise yeah i mean to be fair it's also just like i don't know it's hunter being hunter it's also he's hunter. like a, it's just, he's yeah. got the vibe of like a crazy outdoorsman so like <laughs> yeah he does um but no i love this one like the zigerian like hand he whips uh and grabs onto hunter's hand like with the knife and then he like, electrocutes him and hunter's just like stops for a second and he like is like he, no and then he, he grabs, grabs it, it yeah. while being electrocuted which i'm pretty sure you can't do because i, I think, think it it, like, it locks your muscles in yeah. a certain way um but anyway he overpowers him and bye-bye Zagerian leader I guess I also really love during like all of these like crazy things going on so Echo goes off with Omega to secure these sort of other people who are imprisoned right um I love that we get to see Echo just like being so good like I I mean many things but like specifically like there's like three guys that run after them and he gets all of them in one shot like he's, he's not just, fucking around he's extremely effective with a pistol and i just like i don't know i love that we get to see like rules boy over here but also he's like i don't fuck about like <laughs> yeah. i know exactly the best way to do something and i will be doing it yeah i mean those rules are important for a reason yeah rules are important to break them <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, echo would never echo, well he's he's getting there yeah he is not happy about it but he's making his own rules um yeah, I, I love that Echo can be both very like caring and, and nurturing and sweet and also just absolutely don't do not fuck with this boy. Do not um, fuck with me. He's serious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also love how this ends because it's not another um I don't know, it's not another like skin of their teeth sort of like the last episode where they're like, Okay, finally we got back to the ship, like we're, yeah, we're fine. They're like running to um, get out of there. They get a little bit of a break. Um and also we get to see another side of tech that's not the necessarily like math and technology side when he's talking they finally catch up with a rancor and the rancor beats the brazak and it runs mm-hmm. away um and tech is like okay wrecker uh their species uh, in their species you have to challenge the alpha for um authority and that's how we'll get the rancor you know subdued and so wrecker's just like all right i can do that great this is like one of my favorite parts of this episode we get so much of these good boys um I, again, I I like that another side of tech that sort of collector uh, that we got to see in season seven when yeah, they with first the, like sounds yeah that he like they, they make it clear that he um, he's a little odd because he c- collects um, like creature sounds and noises uh, as just like a hobby that he does um, which I really enjoy that characterization of him um, yeah so we get to see a little bit of that we haven't seen that thus far in this show 
but we do get to see a little bit of it here um and of course wrecker and and the rancor rancor just sort of <laughs> tire out. each other out I, I love the tired punches and the just like i i love wrecker a lot too i like that he's still yes regardless that he's just like a pig a big punch boy yeah um he still has a place in this group and yeah. like a purpose, even if it's like a little silly but like yeah. i i do really like that he's like oh yeah call in me for all of these weird jobs and then he just punches he's so excited and happy yeah. to be able to just like though, fight like, a creature <laughs> he he gets his ass handed to him like the first essentially round and then yeah. he just keeps going and by he the time that like the group shows up he's just like these two are slowly punching each other and then just sort of <laughs> yeah. lay down <laughs> yeah, it's very clear that they're they're they are a match for one another, which is saying something because the rancor is a huge, huge creature, and you know. Yeah, and I love when he fi- finally tires him out. Yeah, uh, and he the rancor lays down, and then he lays down on top yeah. of him, and he does like this little pat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I I like that this ends like this. Uh, yeah, on like sort of a sweet fun note. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like when when Echo and, and Omega show up on the speeder to like check in how see yeah. how they're doing, and um, they were kind of just watching him. Like no one jumps in and tries no. to help Wrecker. They're just like, no, no, he's got it. Like yeah. he likes doing they're, this. They're getting there. Yeah, they're like, huh, okay. Uh, all right, we're back at Sid's place. Um, and I think uh, Bib Fortuna, Jabba's um right hand oh, yes. man, our favorite guy, shows up and he's just like, where's my rancor? Um, and she's trying to placate him and then they hear Moochie from outside and I love that Omega's riding on top of Moochie. <laughs> also that they have presumably walked this rancor through the streets of this urban area to yeah. get here. At least from the landing pad to... Yeah. I don't know how this rancor fit in their ship. I also don't know that. <laughs> it's not like they have a cargo bay. It must have been just sort of a tight squeeze. <laughs> They're just like, get on in there. Um, And of course, uh, Babe reunites with Moochie and he pays it and they leave. I also love just quick note, which I called out when we were watching the episode. I love that Bib gives him like a little hug. Like he's just yeah. like really happy to see this yeah. Rancor that presumably he paid for. Um, I think this is the first time that we've seen Rancors be friendly. Uh, Yeah, because we discussed this previously. Boba Fett came out after this. I believe so. Um, Also, sorry, note, this is presumably the same Rancor that I... we see in the original trilogy. Yes. Yes. I love that we are like, that's a big scary monster. And then we're like, oh, his name is Moochie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. Um, all right. So the ending scene to this is they're all uh, celebrating. And um, Sid, I like how Sid calls in Hunter only. Like the whole batch was there when she gave them this yeah. job. And also, they were never like, this is our leader. I mean. Duke deals with him. <laughs> yeah. But she's just like you. Yeah. Dark and broody. I like that she calls him that. She's like, clearly, you look like Rambo, so I guess you're in charge. <laughs> um, yeah, so he tells, uh, sorry, Sid tells Hunter, um, this is a bounty hunter named Fennec Shand. She's new to the scene, um, but she's already proven herself to be very cunning and ruthless, and they're like, we know. She's new in town. And, and it, it gets, gets worse. <laughs> uh, Sid doesn't know who hired her, um, but that she's working on a direct commission, which with the advent of Mandalorian and kind of seeing how the Bounty Hunter Guild operates a little bit with like the tokens and the fact that you have to yeah. go through a Carl like a, Weathers middleman. Yeah, you you have like a, a manager yeah. who gives you jobs and that's how it works. Um, they so was effectively unionized. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they're, yeah, they're a guild. Yeah. Um, so the concept that they're working on a direct commission probably means something. Someone 
with a lot of power yeah. and or money has hired has this person to go around how things usually work exactly yeah um and she basically says like you're not going to get very far with someone like this on your tail uh, if you don't have friends and money um and that's how she kind of is like you know what if you need jobs you can come to me here's your cut of this job by the way um I love that she says you're going to need friends and money. So it's like good that you have me around. Like yeah. it's good that I'm a- around. I love that it's like, okay, so you're a friend now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like she just kind of like cements herself in these people's lives. Yeah. And she does. He's like walking out and then she's also kind of like, it's interesting. A bounty hunter, Fennec Caliber being after you, you fellas must be pretty valuable. And a hunter gives her a look like, are you going to have to, am I going to have to worry about you? <laughs> um, and she says, don't worry. I'm good with secrets. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. Sick. Um, so you, we get introduced to Sid, and we're not quite sure if she's good news or bad news at this no, point. No, but I love her. <laughs> uh, no, I mean she. Oh no! I yeah, know. I like the mystery of mm-hmm. her. I, I obviously we know she gets. We get more of Sid. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thoughts on the end of the episode? <laughs> on the end of the episode. I was honestly really, um, I had a fun time watching this again. Yeah, I had a fun time too. Like I keep mentioning, I really remembered this one to be a lot more filler than it ended up being, which mm-hmm. like it did introduce us to like a main mechanic of like how the episodes are going to kind of work from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, being, you know, we're getting jobs from Sid. Uh, I do really like that this whole setup is kind of like a, a video game fetch quest in a way. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like that. I feel like I have that critique of a lot of things, uh, of a lot of properties that aren't video games, where I'm like, this kind of feels like a, a weird 2008 video game where you're just like required to do things for people because it's a video game. Uh, this right, did not... I mean, Mandalorian is just... Yeah, that's pretty almost much... Almost 100% <laughs> that. Is. Like, um, it's a fun show, but, like, the first season is so that way yeah. is so, become so predictable and i don't feel like any of these episodes for the batch are predictable no. again i like that they set that up as like not necessarily a, a like they're like we need something they're like okay but like first you have to do something for me like uh, like of course like this is the situation we find ourselves in like i kind of like that it's i don't know it feels a little bit more organic like that mm-hmm. um it feels a little bit more organic in general um but yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really funny. That I was like, this is kind of set up in that way that I often critique things where it's just like, okay, you know, we're going to gamify it. But it does feel good and consistent with like the world that we find ourselves in. And again, I like that it's a continuation of the last episode in that like sort of subplot. Do we want to talk about characters? Yeah, let's, let's jump into characters. So once again, we have like, I appreciate this in a way less of a, a focus on Omega and Hunter. Like mm-hmm. we still have some, right? But I think it's nice that we get to focus on uh, Omega being herself, having mm-hmm. autonomy in these situations, and then also sort of our three character brigade that we don't always get to see. So, yeah, we we get so Omega has cemented herself firmly as a member of the batch. Yeah. There's no question about that. She has she's feeling a more of a sense of belonging. Um, and they are trying to just figure out how she works a little bit more with the rest of the batch. Obviously, this um, this time, Hunter is very adamant that, like, you will be staying on the ship because this is very dangerous. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that we're kind of seeing the boundaries, right? We're seeing exactly. where she can go. We're seeing the boundaries. And it's, again, it's not a, um, like you've brought up before, it's not a, like, oh, I'm scared, so you just have to stay here. It's a, no, this is a tactical decision. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we love you. We appreciate your value, but also you're a kid and we want to keep you safe. We'll get you on the next one. This one's not for you. Yeah. 
Um, oh, oh like, I forgot to mention too that she picks up a Zygerian I was just about to say this. bow and arrow weapon, um, which Sick is sick bow. I just think that's an interesting choice because she ends up hanging on to this. Yeah. Um, it becomes her primary weapon. I also like that they haven't given her a gun, which like, to be fair, I wouldn't give a 10 year old a gun yeah, either. Yeah, vis-a-vis like the third episode where Hunter's like, oh my God, that's my gun. She's like, I didn't have to use it. <laughs> um, I don't think they would give her a gun, uh, but I do like that she picks up this bow and they're like, that is fine. Though. They're like, yeah. that's fine. It's okay. Um, no, I think that's an interesting, um, I, I think it's quite interesting that you see a lot of these female characters in like a lot of different shows and movies. They are all archers. A lot of them are bow and arrow wielders. And I don't know if that's a becoming like a stereotype or an archetype. Or... It's hard because it's like, is that a good thing? Or is that like, because it's like more of a dainty weapon yeah. in a way? Because I feel like that feels very like elven vis-a-vis fantasy properties. Exactly. And like, is that like, because it's a more dainty looking weapon and like that makes sense for women or in the sort of collective conscious, unfortunately, or is it a, is it a cool choice? I don't know. I think it is equally a, it's a dainty thing and it's a unique thing. Yeah. It's a lot of, you know, like, YA like sort main of character energy Mary Sue's oh I'm an archer I have a bow and arrow I'm a I'm a crack shot like which I don't necessarily think is a, a poor choice in this context no it feels appropriate I think the daintiness uh oh it's dainty and you're a woman is outweighed by it's dainty and you're a child yeah um also <laughs> it I mean the the use of it does come up I believe in the next episode yeah. and that it's not it's not a dainty weapon. It's really not the way that this one is designed. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting thing because we do yeah. see a lot of young female characters using bows and arrows. Yeah. Um, I would love to look into that more. That's a really yeah. interesting sort of like almost trope at this point. But yeah. That seems a little like bit a through of a, line. <laughs> a little bit of a pattern uh, that's picking up. Um, so she gets that. What else about Omega in this episode? I mean, besides, you know, I mean, we get to see her learn, obviously, a little bit more. I like that, like, things that we focused on in episodes, like, one, two, and three, really, like, Omega learning things and, like, Hunter and Omega's relationship have kind of, like, really slowly taken a backseat mm-hmm. in this because we're establishing more about the world that we're finding ourselves in and mm-hmm. also our relationships with other characters. Uh, I do really like that. I feel like we got a lot of Omega and Echo in a way this episode. Again, it's so subtle. Like, everything feels really, like small steps that i feel like when i think back on things like what they're it it colors their relationship in a really fun special way uh so i like that we got a lot of that this episode i love echo as you know so (laughs) again i i'm assuming this was intentional but really setting them up uh, hunter is dad and echo as a mom figure yeah again he has some really interesting feminine qualities about him that i I just i i just love that they let a male character be this way it's kind of like how we talk about um this is a an adjacent thought. Kind of like how when we talk about The Hobbit, where it feels like like that entire cast of characters is men, and like it doesn't feel like it in a way. Like I don't know why there's some there's something about it that makes it feel a lot less. Maybe it's because Bilbo is like such a way, right? He mm-hmm. has his own sort of like almost effeminate qualities. I, but. I just think that they're they weren't afraid to um, not constantly paint all these characters as we're men yeah we're soldiers it's more so their identity as dwarves <laughs> i think that um makes them sort of the gruff and the rough kind of yeah traditionally masculine qualities whereas looking at them as gendered people it's they're not relying on those qualities i think to be fair in the world of lord of the rings when it comes to dwarves which is you know my sort of area of expertise i do really like that their their genders are a lot less 
static yeah a lot less strict right because men Mm -hmm. and women look similar in a way yeah um i mean their their gender norms are different right so it's like i like that we kind of have these like uh, you know Mm -hmm. any way they want to be sort of like dwarven characters and then sort of a very uh i don't know i know that bilbo is particularly i would say flowery but like he kind of is that way in a way i don't know they play off each other well it doesn't feel like an entire cast of like 13 men and gandalf yeah exactly they because they play into the just like the um well for lack of a better word the humanity of of them all right they all are individual people they have flaws they have strengths and i think that's exactly what they're doing with the batch here absolutely um they're not relying on we're big bad soldier men it's we we all are different and we have we're individual and we have different strengths in the way we do things. And they're and not, they're not gendered qualities. Essentially. Yeah. They're, they're like, very clear that they're not gendered qualities. Specifically with like, I love obviously like record too, who is the most like, I mean, maybe not like serious soldier boy, but like he is, you know, the toughest, the biggest, the strongest, these very like m- typically masculine qualities. He but also he has a lot of feminine qualities. Extremely soft. The mm-hmm. softest, I would say of all of them. He's like literally mm-hmm. the, the, the gentle giant type. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just, it's so endearing. I want to qualify when we're using the terms masculine oh, yes, and feminine qualities, we are talking about them as, as, as traditionally seen masculine and feminine qualities. Sort of how they, we currently find ourselves in society. Right. <laughs> Obviously men and women and non-binary friends can have whatever qualities they yeah, see fit. I suppose um, um, it's good to talk about, which is a conversation that we have a lot, um, how these things like, you know, concepts of, of gender affect, you know, people writing stories, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because, you know, there are the characters in the stories who have autonomy, but there are the people who are making those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're all affected by the world that we find ourselves in. So yeah. in a way, I think giving these characters both masculine and feminine qualities traditionally um is a big step forward in that because we're not looking at them as oh this is a man character and therefore he has to be this and this is a woman character and she has to do this it's a big step forward for just like qual everyone has masculine feminine qualities it's not yeah they're uh, just not they're just characteristics a a binary yeah (laughs) exactly exactly Um, Uh, i just wanted to qualify that yeah absolutely no i I meant clarify that here um sure yeah, uh, honestly uh, both are the same in my <laughs> um yeah no i think it's a great um n- note to make and i do really appreciate how you know the batch doesn't feel this, this show feels really welcoming to any person it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's o- it's pandering overwhelmingly to a, a typical audience it feels like they are a lot you could re- a lot of people could relate to any member of the batch here like i remember watching this like i'm like i hardcore relate to tech like yeah especially <laughs> i don't remember if it's the next episode or the another one but he interjects someone i think sid asks a question that's meant to be rhetorical he, and he interjects with the exact dictionary definition yeah. answer and i'm like I'm, okay well that's <laughs> you didn't have to come for me like that but <laughs> you did um but like i mean obviously i'm not a man <laughs> and yeah. i'm not a clone and i'm not a soldier but like and we're not in star wars and we're not in star wars but like still it's very being relatable it's very relatable um yeah so to your point (laughs) um i mean we can talk about sid i mean we don't know much about sid do we have anything we kind of talked about tech echo record yeah let's talk about sid a little bit sid who's just like becomes one of my favorite characters in this show i i just have such a weakness for these like like Meemaw characters, Meemaw characters yeah. that are like kind of they're they're painted at first as very tough and like 
I don't really care about you and I'm just in it for the money. And then it's like, clearly like you've grown a fondness for these dumb, <laughs> these dumb himbos. Yeah. Like that are so sweet. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was double checking. I was like, no do problem. they say Sid is a they, or do they say Sid she. is a she? They do say she. Um, Cause at first they think it's a he. he. Uh, and, then and they're she, like, we misgendered you. We're yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do love Sid. I love, I love also those Mima characters as someone who like kind of puts them places in mm-hmm. stories that I'm writing. Um, <laughs> but they're just like so fun. And I love like, you know, uh, essentially underworld stuff like skeevy, like plans and like, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I love these characters and I love having like a woman be that instead of like what we typically see in, in media as like, you know, mob bosses being like dudes and like, mm-hmm. you know, big old dudes. Yeah. Um, it, it's fun to sort of flip the script and have someone who's got a lot of just like your weird aunt energy. And like, yeah. I, I don't know. I really appreciate her. She becomes like a, such a fun, quirky flavor to add to this like soldier boy yeah. repertoire. Um, I, I do like that they find this, this friend, this person um, in their sort of journey into being, out of being i'll say out of being soldiers yeah um because like there's a there's a i think there's a grieving point to it especially with like echo you see it more because he was a reg at one point yeah and it's all he's ever known it's all he's ever known he's he's the one who's very staunchly like here's my morals and i'm fighting for a cause and of course uh you know i'm gonna do good and that's why i'm doing these things and whereas the batch i mean they're they're clearly moral but um they have a, a loose sort of <laughs> yeah i think i think the way that they operated in the republic was more it was mercenary in a way that they were just sort of like here's your assignment go do this whatever yeah, i don't by care whatever how, means necessary i don't care how you do it just get it done um so there is a there is a there is a grief happening with the loss of that identity especially with echo but um i love that it comes along with they aren't necessarily thrust into this mercenary identity in a cruel way um they kind of have someone in the form of sid yeah holding their hand a little bit and being like okay i'll take care of you like (laughs) yeah i do like that um yeah it's not like because of like i almost said unfortunate circumstance i mean all of this is because of an unfortunate circumstance but like it's not like you know someone got captured and like you know it's not like someone took omega and then was like oh my god you have to do work for me now or else i'm gonna hurt her and they're like okay and they like have to do this because of like some unfortunate circumstance they're like we are readily agreeing to do this yeah uh and they get a little introduction to being mercenaries yeah i don't know they aren't they don't become mercenaries either because of a hardening that happens with them they're still them yeah but now they're sort of having to switch gears it almost was just like i don't know they've gone into a new phase of life yeah exactly yeah. um yeah no i love sid she becomes a love love just like a, a badass lady i love too that she's trandoshan yeah i don't i don't think we see enough trandoshans i love trandoshans she's great. my son I love bosk her accent i love her i love bosk i love this. i really and we've talked about this i'm gonna bring it up because i it. want it to happen which is i really hope that bosk is her like nephew that her she's nephew really proud of or her grandson or yeah. something it's like have you met my, have you met my son my, my bosk. son have you met my grand nephew bosk i love him he's a little troublemaker but i love him no, um i, I just yeah. also love like she's clearly not like a a young person exactly yeah. i i don't feel like we get enough like older women and things yeah. like truly it's not uh something that's very much like glamorized and things and i think it's really cool that we just have like a badass kind of like older woman who's like killing it and mm-hmm. like you know knows exactly what she wants and is doing it and 
I also like the sort of um, moral ambiguity we get with her because yeah. she is clearly not doing things in a legal manner, but at the same time, she was a contact of the Jedi. Like she was, yeah, there's she like was an ambiguity en- there. She was good enough where she wasn't, you know, like taking any any job at all because I don't think they would work with someone like no. that. Um, but she is, yeah, it is a really funny facet of like, oh, she was like a friend of like. And because, and I want to talk about this at some point, because she was a friend of a Jedi that Echo had contact with, which presumably is like Anakin or Obi-Wan, like she has to be of a certain moral caliber where like at least like, I mean, they hang out with Hondo and Hondo's kind of an asshole, but, but like, we, but we see but him fun. We see him being of a certain moral caliber caliber right yeah, which is to say he's not so shitty right. like he's a smuggler but like you know he he has a lot to say about respect in that episode when they meet him uh or that like that arc that dooku captured arc yeah and he also i believe we see him when ara sing yeah. and boba yeah um and he basically is like listen i'm not gonna stop you but i'm not gonna help you because i don't want to get involved in yeah i like in killing a jedi like this i'm not doing that yeah i like that uh there's like a certain certain vibe of a person that these guys are like cool to hang out with Mm -hmm. um but yeah so transitioning to what i wanted to talk about very briefly is just like i don't i i just want to talk about where echo got this information (laughs) from because it's just so funny to me the situation that he would find himself in where someone a jedi was like hey i have a contact on ord men to help their name is Sid and they're here and he's like okay why are you telling me but he's never met them before yeah like I love the situation I love that like again I'm just gonna assume that it's Anakin Ahsoka and Obi-Wan I mean I think that's a safe assumption as an arc trooper hung out with the 501st which is Mm -hmm. them um but I just (laughs) I love that they had a contact in the sort of like darker skeevier part of town of this like planet that they'd used before that he is privy to. Yeah. I want to say it's Obi-Wan. I mean, truly, uh, yeah, it's any one, of them. If but... it's one, it's both, you know? Yeah. I just, I love it. And I love that Echo, like, knew this. And he's like, I guess I'll store that for later. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, themes? Themes? Uh, let's talk about themes. This episode is difficult because it's really not... Um... It's not themes heavy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, our list of themes as hope, good versus evil, power of choice, and destiny slash fate um, that we're working with, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm it, not going to call good versus evil really a theme because, like, they do talk about, like, the slave traders, but it's, it's really not. the reality. There's no um, struggle with that. No. They're like, slaving is bad, obviously, so we're going <laughs> to fuck these guys yeah, right up. Yeah, it's not like uh, everything else we've seen where it's like, what is good? Right. Like, I was bad, and then I turned good, and I died, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not that. So I'm not going to even call that a theme. The The best that I can come up with is um, this is destiny and fate the batch is obviously dealing with this preconceived notion being that was handed to them uh, about being soldiers uh, what it means to be soldiers uh, what it means to them individually obviously we see a little bit difference with i mean i've said this before with echo and yeah. and the rest of the batch um you know is it necessarily their fate to remain soldiers uh is it their destiny tying them to this or or their choice i yeah so 
my only thought with this is, I guess, as I always talk about with is choice related, but I, I think that's kind of an easy one because the characters have to choose to do things, but they do have to, as you know, to your point, choose to, to essentially adopt a new identity mm-hmm. in order to essentially evolve. Right. Mm-hmm. And survive. Um, like it is chosen and it's also simultaneously very thrust upon them. Yeah. They are kind of doing that like um, mm-hmm. heroic thing that we see all the time where it's just like, is it that you were, you know, destined to do this or is it that you like took this upon yourself, right? That sort right. of classic heroes, almost said heroes conniption. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of the hero's journey. Now get ready for the hero's conniption. <laughs> I want that to take off. Exactly. Um. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> Just the hero losing their shit. <laughs> Having a fucking fit Having over a fucking something. hero's conniption over there. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's when someone with the main character yeah. syndrome uh, just freaks out. Yeah. yeah. When the person who's next to the main character, their buddy, sees them having a hard time, they're like, My that's a hero's conniption. conniption. Um... <laughs> No, I think this. I think Destiny Fate uh, and the Power of Choice are both equally sort of themes, light themes in this episode. I'm gonna call it um, as it's almost sort of like them kind of realizing that like it, it's not necessarily their destiny. It's to be soldiers or not to be soldiers. It's something that was kind of handed to them that they didn't have a choice in. Yeah, and so now they're sort of I being given that choice. I guess in a you way. could also call that that theming sort of a setup for what's to come exactly well yeah I mean, the way is... this show is they don't do anything that's sort of insular it's not like yeah i don't know we figured that out in that episode and now we're moving on from it completely like i mean the the sort of early clone wars thing yeah, yeah. but you know obviously this is a very different show but i mean this is a great thing to transition to our next point like i do really feel like this concept of like who they used to be and like now kind of discovering who they could be or who they are really outside of this identity that they were given is is powerful and I am just sort of remembering uh, a few of the episodes we get going on which like we're kind of ramping up to like some of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. um but it I don't know like I love I like that the themes also are sort of a setup to you know uh, you know stuff that'll be brought up in in further episodes and like you know character developments that are yet to be had mm-hmm. and story points you know i just i don't know i like that it's a holistic right it's not just plot points that are breadcrumbs for something else it's it's themes it's setups mm-hmm. it's emotions absolutely i think a, in a lot of ways in the third episode replacements um where we got that really good back and forth between the batch and crosshair um i think that this is also kind of one of those moments where they're setting up the batch as a contrast to Crosshair. Obviously, we don't see him, but they're kind of being given this freedom to suss out what it means to them to be soldiers or not to be soldiers. And Crosshair doesn't get that. No. Um, until much later. I do also think it's cool that, um, again, we're we're omitting all of Crosshair's stuff right now. I, mm-hmm. I think you could essentially assume that he hasn't changed. Um, right, because if the if there was a similar question happening with him, there would be another back and forth yeah. parallel with him, and, Essentially, and there is not. So that means thematically, what this is giving us in the background is two diverging paths, which mm-hmm. is that the batch is building to be different people than they were, and Crosshair is stagnant; he's the same. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. Like again, and I'm I'm kind of remembering forward, which I'll I'll not bring up obviously, but like it, it's cool to see that like this, you know, everything is by design. What we see and what we don't see, and we get to mm-hmm. see so much of the batch. Mm-hmm choosing to change and, and discovering what that means yeah 
Um, let's talk about our favorite moments, characters we didn't previously cover, any extra thoughts. Um, a lot of things happen in the background of shots in this episode. Yes. And I absolutely adore Fucking that. Fucking background character animation of the wazoo. Oh, yeah. It, it's just such a, a nice, easy way to characterize people and um, both main character and non-main character. Like, I one of my favorite, I mean, we just talked about this, but one of my favorite uh, background things is when they're in Sid's office and Sid says something along the lines of the, well, I see the kids, the brains of the operation. Yeah. And Tech gives a little bit of a look, like barely, but then... He looks a little, like looks down a little yeah. bit, like he said. <laughs> and then uh, Wrecker sticks his hand out to Omega and Omega gives him a high five. And they leave a poignant pause there yeah. to for you to see like it. see that. What I really like too is that... Oh, I just got really up on the mic for a second. What I really like too there is that um, whoever's in the foreground talking to Sid, I can't remember if it's Hunter or Echo. It's Hunter. Moves, like naturally moves to the side. Like he's sort of shifting his weight. And then what you see in the background is is Wrecker and Omega. I love yeah. that they're introducing these things in like a really natural way. In the first scene when you're having um, Omega having her calm set up, yeah. Wrecker is deadlifting gonky. Just like I you just, see his face moving up and then yeah, down and I then love, up and then when down. When we started watching this episode, I wasn't super paying attention. You're like, I didn't notice that like Wrecker was like lifting in the background. I'm like, where is he? Because he wasn't in the shot. And he yeah. just like, you know, I love yeah. that he's appears in the shot. And also all of the little interactions in that, yeah. that first scene where she's like behind Wrecker and like playing with the comms and stuff. It is so um lively and seamless. Yeah. The way that they have um done these. The, I mean the only other thing I can think of um was the little villain monologue that Zagarian <laughs> is giving, which is like, you know, not as like charming, but like it's still Otherwise, you have like what? Just silence? Like, <laughs> yeah, just staring at them. I or, like that. Or you have of... a really heavy handed cut between what the Zygerian leader is saying and what Omega's doing. This way, you can kind of hear and see all of it. And yeah. it's, you have this, uh, this sense of, oh, this is all happening concurrently. I it's ramping up, it's speeding up. Essentially, really like that what they're doing with all of these things is that they're making these spaces dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of it just being like. Great you're... way to put it. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I went to art school. Um, <laughs> Instead of just uh, being like, well, you're looking at our focal point and it's these people and they're on a third over here and nothing else is going on. Like you're essentially creating a, a, a space for viewers to be to interact. Right. Because we understand this concept of like depth. Right. So in the background, we see character animations and like also, you know, we have over the sort of like in the background as though we're listening while we watch Omega do something. This Zygerian guy talking like it is really like it, it creates like a really interesting environment that feels as almost at the opposite of flat it feels dimensional yes uh also i really like the lighting in this episode i know like i don't even really have to say that anymore at this point but i do really like uh when they're walking into sid's bar and when they're in sid's bar the the lighting is really uh, appropriately disgusting um but still very good like i love sort of they have a a side lighting when they're on Mm -hmm. on them when they're sort of near the bar and stuff and it's just uh it's super satisfying um yeah, I feel like I had less design notes on this. I do really like the city that they go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a they say call it old Ord Mantel. Yeah, like city, I I feel I like when I first watched this episode, I maybe didn't pick up that they weren't going to a different planet. I think I just assumed that because that's like what Clone Wars does that's all the time. They, that's what they do. Like I don't know, let's go to a moon. It's close by. Yeah. Uh, it's like I think it would take some time to get there. But they are just going to like a city on the other side of the planet, and I love that it, it clearly. I mean, I made note of this in the episode. It clearly looks like this city was like. Uh, suffered sort of an orbital bombardment there's like big craters in yeah. the ground like they mm-hmm. were shot at from above and then like I guess it just was abandoned and crumbled into ruin like I really also like 
the architecture. Mm-hmm. Like it feels very different, right? To what we've seen before. It feels like substantial stylistically. I think also whenever this city was bombed out basically is kind of inconsequential you do get to see because the when the ordmantel that they go to is very very grungy it's very like really like a bad part of town it looks like um there's like you know trash and things yeah, are broken and like graffiti everywhere. yeah um so you kind of it, it it lends itself to this sense of like things have gone down, downhill pretty quickly or like you know since the it's just the idea of like things have been um what's the word things have kind of been descending mm. and the empire certainly hasn't helped with any of yeah. that it's sort of another um clue to that in a really 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 subtle way yeah i do really like also like the color variations they chose for this episode i mean i talked about that in the last episode uh i love the colors in the last episode um this one is interesting too because i love i mean a big i'm a big fan of what they do for like underworldy shit in these shows mm-hmm. and i love that it's very like purpley bluey green mm-hmm. uh i like that when they go to the city it's like overwhelmingly orange uh it's a, just a really cool stark difference that i feel like mm-hmm. i mean obviously you would you would want to do that you want to create contrast between these things but it is just like it's just nice to see it's nice to see a show that like feels like it uses the entire spectrum of colors instead of like defaulting to like everything is gray blue because it's a serious sci-fi thing which is just like mind-numbing to me i hate it or everything is gray green because it's a zombie show (laughs) yeah it's just like the extreme color grading but like in a way that doesn't work it makes everything super monotone like i really like that we're creating fun contrast between things We're, we're seeing a world in full color which is like one of my favorite things to see in animated programs it also i mean it's just I honestly also think that animation utilizes this way better than live action. So oh, absolutely. I'm biased, but that's the hot take that I will die on that hill. It seems Super almost bad. like an inconsequential thing, but it really does help with story too. It I mean, does. like uh, lighting sets such a mood in all, in, in all parts of life, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. Why, why not animation? Yeah. No, why they, not? I just, why not? But yeah. So, so do we want to just briefly hit also like things that are setting up for the next episode? Let's do that. Which is pretty much just a, we've talked about inhibitor. Well, we haven't talked about inhibitor chips, but like Wrecker. I think this is one of the first episodes that we don't have that we don't even have a passing comment about inhibitor yeah. chips. I mean, what I meant with that is um, Wrecker's head, right? Like we see that that is sort of building to something right. that does get addressed in the next episode a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But um yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Obviously, it now seems that they are in the employ of Sid, uh, which will prove to be sort of a fun and funky time. They have um, a way of getting steady uh, income yeah. at this point. We've essentially resolved one of our problems mm-hmm. in the A-plot. Um, they are continuing to grapple with their concept of destiny and questioning that and and their power of choice. Um, next episode is episode six called decommissioned um we meet a couple other side characters that we've met before in season seven of clone wars i like them a lot they're good characters looking forward to watching this one i'm never gonna say and i don't care for them very much at all when talking about like (laughs) new side characters be here if we were like i fucking hate this guy (laughs) uh no yes they're no they're all very good uh like them a lot um this is a fun episode 
I can't remember too much about it, but yeah, that's why I'm excited. Um, all yeah. Right. So that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So join us on Thursday for episode six decommissioned. You can find us on Spotify and Apple podcasts and also Instagram and Twitter at the batch pod. So if you like story and you like star Wars, then tune in for the next episode of the good, the bad and the batch. Bye. Bye.